G'day and welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. We hope you find this encouraging. It's so good and important for us to be reminded of what Jesus has done for us. And, you know, he does fight our battles for us. And, you know, as we come to the table, as we come to the the drink the cup and take the bread and remember that he died for us and that he sacrificed his life for us so that we could have something that only he could give us and you know we're also we're reminded of the fact the reality that uh, I love that line every hopeless situation ceases to exist you know that there's no situation that is too hopeless for God and and you know when we you know, we come as we are, you know, we come as we are to the table, wherever we're at, whatever we're believing, however we're struggling or doubting or discouraged, we can come to the table and be reminded about what he's done for us and, yeah. and how, you know, in the most hopeless of situations, this, the Messiah has come to the earth and the earth has rejected its Messiah and has murdered the Messiah. And how more hopeless and tragic could you get than that? How more devastating is that moment where Jesus takes his last breath and dies as the, as the son of God? And yet that was the most powerful moment of all human history where he actually turned things around and defeated death in that act, his act of surrender, humiliation and love that he actually changed everything. And, you know, when we come from that starting point, when we come and remember that, that he was able to turn death into life for us, you know, we're reminded that no situation is too hard for God to turn around and, you know, to bring him what we have. Like, you know, the little boy that brought the loaves and fishes to Jesus, like bring what you have and he can turn it into something amazing. No, it's, it, we are promised that he will work all things for our good. And, you know, the story of Joseph, uh, grabbing all sorts of little stories here, but the story of Joseph so highlights that he had tragedy after tragedy after tragedy in his life. But in the end, it all lined up like this beautiful masterpiece to bring glory to God and salvation to God's people. And he was able to work. And Joseph says that what, what the enemy intended for harm, God worked for good and that's true of every situation we face in life and and the more devastating and horrible like the more glory God can get on the other side of it and as we bring him what we have and it you know may not be loaves and fishes it may look like mess and brokenness but we bring him what we have and we make that exchange we take what he has we give him what we have and he gives us what he has and it's this beautiful exchange it's death for life We give him our ashes, he gives us his beauty. We come with mourning and he gives us dancing. And if you're not in that season where you've seen that transition happen, that's okay. Like it's a walk of faith and we don't always have everything yet or right away, but we know that it's coming because if he could do that, if he could turn death into life, then he can transform whatever situation we face. And so as we come to the table to receive and be reminded just, come with that maybe something in mind that you that feels like a barrier feels like this is too hard I don't see how God can work good in this bring that to him think of that as you come to the table think of putting that down here and taking 
what he can do, taking his power, his life, and trusting him that he can do more than we ask, hope, or imagine. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the cup and he said, take and drink the blood of the new covenant shed for you. And he took the bread, said, my body broken for you. Jesus gave us his very life. Let's receive it and let's believe that he has victory over death and darkness. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are so incredible, that you can transform anything for your glory, that you transform our lives, that you've turned the worst situations in the world into something beautiful, something redemptive, something remarkable. And God, that you do that with each of our lives as we come to you. And we thank you for your love, your life poured out for us. And we receive it and we rejoice and we look to you. We look, we look up from our discouragement, disappointments and our hurts and our losses and we hand them to you and, and thank you, Father, that you will take that and you can make something beautiful with it. And we trust you and we praise and honor you because there's no other name by which man can be saved than by the name of Jesus. And we lift your name up in this place tonight. Amen. Okay. <laughs> While they're getting that sorted, um, I'm actually going to speak into, we've kind of been looking a little bit from our dessert night, we kind of focused in a bit on our vision as an outpost church and what it means to be on team here at Outpost. And, you know, we've gone through a few different seasons as a church and there is quite a few people that are new to the church and we think it is a good time to kind of go over and refresh in some of our core values and um, and our mission, and I think it's great to be sharing about that and be on the same page about that. And um, our mission or vision statement for Outpost is to see the family of God expand through our shared kingdom life in McLaren Vale. Um, and we kind of we see our our shared kingdom life is something we see is so significant to our, obviously to our vision or to our mission here um, as believers that we aren't just a bunch of individual people that love Jesus and follow him, but there's something special about the fellowship that we have together, the community that we create um, as a fellowship of of Jesus um, as part of his family. There's something really special and precious about that. And you know, I think in this past season, we'd all agree that that's kind of been under assault or under fire in a really more intense way with COVID and the challenge of gathering. And and perhaps sometimes the way that we've gathered in the last however many years, especially in the Western church, which is very much kind of like something that's happening at the front of the stage and we're all sitting and watching and not necessarily participating. It's kind of like, well... I can watch online, I can listen to a sermon, I can listen to worship. Do I really need to be at church every Sunday? Like, maybe it's just an optional extra. And I guess we really want to challenge that because we really believe, you know, our mission cannot be accomplished without each other. And what we're called to do in Christ is to represent him. And we, we can't really do that just as one individual. Like, we can 
and he works through us as individuals wherever we are, like salt sprinkled into the world, but, but we're also called to be a family. And as people look at us as a family of God in community with each other, there's something about that that's so powerful that it impacts the world around us. And, you know, in Acts 2.42, which we looked at at the dessert night, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And, you know, they had to come, like there was something about coming together to be in fellowship, in community with each other. It's, it's not... It's not something we can do on our own. Um, and here at Outpost, our values are, we, we've kind of really centered them around this verse of like, and we've kind of broken it down to three things. Practice hospitality, like the breaking of bread. Practicing hospitality. Pray first. So they do all themselves to the prayers. And learning from scripture, which is being devoted to the apostles' teacher, teaching. So we see those three things. Those are really our core values doesn't mean we're not like we're not excluding things that are really you know when you're trying to do values as a church it's tempting to like list so many things like because there's so many awesome things that we love and value as a church but we wanted to to narrow it down to things that we really are already doing and passionate about but also things we want to grow in and we think um hospitality praying first and learning from scripture are really vital and we see that reflected in acts um 242 but we want to we want to in uh, in John 17 it says you know Jesus is saying a prayer before he goes to the cross and he's taught and he says Lord you know let them be one like you and I are one and when we think about that like Jesus desire for his church and for his followers are to be one in the same way that Jesus is one with God like that's pretty tight And he wants us to be one as he himself with God and God is one. And so that the world will know Jesus. So that we would, we would see, that the world would see Jesus through us, through our love for each other. And how is the world going to see and know Jesus if we aren't doing that? If we're, you know, we can get other ideas about how we can best reach the world and show the world Jesus, like have a great sermon, have a great gospel message planned, or, you know, we can do stuff on our own to a degree, but like the, the, what that, I feel like this is Jesus giving us like the secret, the secret ingredient to like successful gospel ministry and life. It's like, and it's, it is kind of counterintuitive because you think, well, I'll go out and I'll talk to people. I'll tell people about Jesus. Like, yes, that's a part of it. But us being one is really like the heart of it. And that makes it feel so much more difficult because it seems like an impossible dream. And I've talked about this before from the front here about this dream of Jesus that we would be one and how it seems so impossible and we haven't surely come close to it except maybe in the book of Acts. But if he's praying for it, there must be a point where it happens because I feel like Jesus will get all his prayers answered at some point. So I feel like that's enough reason to be hopeful and keep pushing in because how amazing if we are one of the communities that is like Jesus like yes I prayed for that and look it's beginning to happen they're doing it 
they're living it. And like I said, we can't do this as, a, as individuals. And our culture is going to keep pushing us to separate and pull apart from each other. Because it's really difficult to do community. It's hard enough in our own families, let alone bringing it like, what is God thinking? Why is he putting this on us? It's too hard. Um, <laughs> But this is what he wants for us. And we are here not for our own dreams and desires. We're here to fulfill his dreams and desires, which is why we will continue to gather and encourage all of us to gather and to prioritize just coming together. And, you know, church is much more than a Sunday, but Sunday is an important rock in the week that we can go, yes, I will be there. And Whenever I can, I'm going to be there just to connect, just to be a part of community and fellowship. And then, of course, you want to, we want to try and connect with each other during the week with a phone call or a message or a Bible study. We want that happening. That, that's the goal, that that's happening in our lives beyond Sunday. But Sundays are really helpful. Like, no, this is a given. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be part of this. And you just you grow relationships. When you're committed to being there, you just... Those relationships begin to form. You begin to love each other. You begin to care about each other, know what's going on. And that's how we begin to meet each other's needs and, and help each other. Oh, you need, I know that um, Taylor brought a sleeping bag today. There was a little, I was in this group chat where Dave's like, I need a sleeping bag for Nixie. Taylor, I've got a sleeping bag. He's brought this, you know, we can help each other. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a small example of like the spirit of of what I'm getting at it's like you know we're here we're called to help each other and to love each other and you know in John 15 which is the passage all about um you know um I'm the vine and you are the branches and we're to connect we're connected we're a branch we're connected to God and as we're connected to him we'll bear much fruit um why did I say that where am I going um we're going to, let me, let me get back to it. We want to bear fruit. We want to, you know, see things happen. And again, when we talk about stuff of uh, things that we should do, and I'm going to be focusing, if you haven't told, on hospitality, um, it can feel like, a, oh, another job I have to do. And it's finding this, there is this tension between, Yes, there's commands. The New Testament's full of commands. Do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. But at the same time, it's like, it's by faith. It's not by works. But then James throws a spanner in the works and says, it's not by faith alone. It's by works as well. And you're like, ah. Oh. Um, um, without, it's, I think in James, it's like, without faith, without works is like a body without a spirit. Like, that's pretty full on. Like we need both. And the deeds, our actions give evidence to the fact that we have a faith. If we have a faith, there's going to be fruit. If we're attached to the vine, we're going to be fruitful. And if we're, and so let's not get too caught up in that. Like, oh, but I'm having a bad season and I'm not very, am I connected? Stay connected to the, the focus is we stay connected to Jesus. We focus on, we're unsure, confused. What do I do? Just center in on him, focus in on him, draw near to him. Um, but as we do that, it's natural that fruit will come. And the New Testament gives us so much insight to what that fruit's going to look like. What does a life in Christ look like? It looks like something, there's really practical ways that we live that out. And then, again, in John 15, this is where I'm going. It's like, this is the command I give you, love each other. 
And it's like, those that love me, listen to my commands. What are my commands? Love each other. Like, it's a circle of like, if you love me, do what I say. What am I saying? Love each other. You know, and you go round and round. And so really, it's all about how do we love each other? And there's practical ways we can do it. And one of those is practicing hospitality. And it's great because it's such a basic need that everyone has to eat and to drink and to be looked after, right? We all need that. We do it for ourselves. And so it really can, it's so simple that we can go, all right, jump in and join me while I eat this meal that I have to eat anyway. Let's do it together. And, and really that's what we do here at church. It's like, well, we all have to eat. Let's eat together. And let's try and take that step closer to what it might have looked like in Acts, but in our day of, of you know, because I personally don't think you know, we do this this sort of, it's more of a ritual thing, the communion, which I think is really helpful and symbolic. But the idea, I think, really was they were eating meals together and they were sharing fellowship together. And it was very practical and real and normal as well. And that's why we think it's so important. We eat together and share that together. And it's just a natural way that we grow in connection and I mean, I think we've all experienced how much easier it is to get to know people when you're sitting over a meal than if you're just hovering awkwardly after church. (laughs) Who loves awkwardly hovering? (laughs) No one. (laughs) Elo kind of likes it. (laughs) You don't mind it. There's a few that don't mind it, but most people don't like it. And, you know, I think that's normal. Like, we're meant, like, let's just, it kind of gives you another focus. It's like we don't have to focus at, staring into each other's eyes like let's eat let's talk let's relax god knows how to you know create great icebreakers for us to make things a bit easier god (laughs) um i just want to you could grab a bible if you like i just want to look at a couple verses that directly address hospitality so i'm i guess talking a little bit about the theology around it but it's so it is so practical and you, you know, we want to we be hospitable with one another, to love each other as the family of God. Like we have a special responsibility to one another in the family of God. But also this is such a beautiful way to love others. And, you know, the word hospitality, looking it up in the Greek, as I'm accustomed to doing, um, <laughs> is it's basically two words. It's like philo, which is like a word for love, you know, like friendship, love. And xenos, which is like the word xenophobia or xeno, like it's like stranger or foreigner. So it's basically like love a stranger. That's what hospitality is. But I mean, when we give hospitality to each other, obviously we're not strangers, but just that idea that it's loving people you don't know. And, and what a beautiful way we can, you know, we're praying for people, the two for two for 22. And maybe, maybe that person you're praying for that doesn't know Christ yet, maybe a great thing to do is to go hey want to come around for dinner or breakfast or you know let's have a meal together let's chat let's connect and you know it's a beautiful way for us to share our lives with one another all right Romans 12 verse 13 it's says 12 Romans 12 verse 13 when God's people are in need be ready to help them Always be eager to practice hospitality. See, I love that. Taylor beautifully illustrated it. There was a need. He was quick to fill it. Didn't forget 
So easy to forget when you said you're going to bring something, but you remembered. Ugh, you put it in the car? You prepared yesterday, did you say? So on to it. That's a beautiful act of love. Gold star for you, Taylor. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do we know each other's needs if we don't know each other? You know, how often, too, have you heard someone's going through a hard time and you found out later and you've been like, oh, I would have loved to help. I wish I'd known. I wish I could have supported. And there is a responsibility both ways. Sometimes we have to be vulnerable and allow people to know when we're having a hard time because we can't read each other's mind if we open them and say, look, I'd love a bit of help here or support there. Or When we, sh- when we know we're in need, we can help each other. Um, always be eager to practice hospitality. And this is one of the commands. We're commanded to be eager to, and to help each other. And this is part of our love. It's, it's not an optional extra. This is so core to, to being his followers. All right, in 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11, we'll read a few verses here, but 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11. I love how this starts. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest. So what are you, end of the world is coming. What do you do? Store up your, your bunker with food? No, this is what you do. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Don't you love that? That's a great exhortation. Speak as though God himself was speaking through you. That could, that could go bad. Um, do you... <laughs> Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Don't you love how practical these things are? It's like, what what are you good at? What can you do? Do it for God. Do it for the people around you. Do it cheerfully. And I don't know if this is from the same passage in a different translation, but it's like, I think it says like, don't grumble. (laughs) Don't grumble about giving hospitality. And again, this is something that can creep in because putting on a meal or having, like, you have to clean, well, you don't have to, but often you feel like, I need to clean up and I need to, you know, buy more food, spend more money. You know, it's an effort and sometimes it's not always appreciated or it's not always reciprocated and it is a sacrificial thing to do and to just go, no, this is, I'm being like Jesus. As I open up my heart, my home, and am generous with my food and where I live, I'm actually representing Jesus. And and it's actually really fun. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. So as we do that, we discover more of God's love for us and the joy of, of sharing what he's given us. Um, in Hebrews 13 verse 1, it says, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. 
I think don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. That's, I don't know, for you, that can be a tricky one. It's like, oh, what does that look like? And, you know, that could sound a bit scary, like go look for some random people that you don't know. I think it's, yeah, that willingness to, to get to know new people as well and to take that risk and take that step to be the first one to initiate or invite someone in or someone new's at church, invite them over. You don't have to wait. You know, be eager to show hospitality. And it might be that he calls us to, like mum and dad with that lady on the, the roadside that mum shared about, you know, they were showing hospitality. It may not have looked like a dinner. They were, you know, it was sitting in mum's car for hours and talking and listening and, you know, giving her a ride, sleeping, um, giving her a ride, you know, meeting her where she was at and what she needed. They were ready to do that. And we we're all called to be ready to do that when there's a need to go, oh. And again, yeah, it's not a burden. I need to go take off, find a stranger this week. It's like, you know, just be ready. As things happen, as it comes naturally, just be ready to, to love. Um, in Matthew 25, Jesus tells this parable about the sheep and the goats. Um, and in verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I mean, that's such a powerful story of what showing what God values in his heart. And it's like. Again, it's not that those actions earn us salvation, but it's the fruit, they're indicative of those that really know and are joined to him, that they live in such a way where it's natural to be meeting the needs of the other brothers and sisters as well as the other strangers. And And I think in this case, it sort of sounds like the brothers and sisters of mine you did for me, like, again, this special responsibility to to people in the faith, but it extends to whoever is in need. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, Jesus' great statement, um, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, this is my command. Love each other. And, it, you know, we're not all literally dying for each other but we are laying down our we're called to lay our lives down to put ourselves second to put other people first to sacrifice to prioritize and it's and it is simple and it's practical it's not out of reach it's not really theological ethereal god is so practical and down to earth he's asking us to do the stuff we have to do in life eat and drink and and invite other people into that and look for opportunities. You know, it could look like you're out buying a pie at the bakery and you buy a pie for someone else or, you know, we've done going through the McDonald's drive through um, buying for the people behind us. And, you know, you don't necessarily, 
yeah, paying for it. Uh, no, they've got to be behind you. <laughs> um, um, but it is, you know, it's, it's so much fun. Like, we've done it with our kids. And, you know, it's so much fun. And it's like a thrill when you do something unexpected, generous and loving and kind. Like, it makes life fun and exciting and not boring. And, you know... I love, like, in the Jewish, I don't know heaps about it, but the Jewish festivals throughout the year, it's like these great fun parties and, and times to celebrate and eat and invite strangers into that, invite people into it. And, you know, that's the heart of God. He, like, he throws a party and wants to invite everyone, and we get to do that. We can throw parties and invite everyone, and that's like being a good Christian, partying. How good. Um, <laughs> that's my my paraphrase um you can quote me on that but it's a trademark of being his disciple we're here we're wanting to learn to follow him to follow his ways we're apprenticing jesus and he lived like this i listened to a bit of a message beth sent me today by john mark comer but it's funny you know (laughs) jesus is like going up to zacchaeus hey um hey, can I come over to your house? Like, I'm homeless, but can I come to your house? And you put on, like, a feast, you know, let's eat all your food and hang out. You know, Jesus was eating and drinking with people. He was, like, doing life with people. He was living in community. And, again, it's we have different challenges to overcome with how our culture operates. So we have to kind of be really intentional to work against that and to prioritize and continue to reorient our lives to look like Jesus. What would it look like if he was here in our culture now? How would he order his days and prioritize? How would he involve people and community into his life that's so individualistic? And we can do this together and have fun to to grow in this, to grow in love for one another. And as we do this the world around us will look and go, whoa, what's going on at that church? Like, they're living in a way, I I don't know, like it looks really fun and it looks really safe and it looks really like they're loving each other. I'm curious. I want to know more. And like how much do we have to love each other as a church for the world around us to go, whoa, they really love each other. Like what do we need to do? (laughs) Let's start brainstorming that and be a little more out of the box in in our thinking but again it's a work God does in us but as we yield to him as we continue to orient our lives to him we will look more like him and you know we want to keep making space for hospitality and and doing it to make it a bit easier doing it together as a church right having dinner together and a place where we can invite others in and and serve one another really practically Um, we have this big rock in the week where we can come together and do this here, but we want to have that continuing lifestyle where we take it uh, into each of our own homes and beyond for the glory of God. So I think I'll wrap up there, and it's a good time to go eat together. Perfect segue. Oh, no, we got more songs. Yes, so we'll sing, and then we'll go, we'll worship. Perfect. And then uh, we'll eat together. Yeah. Just teasing. Yeah. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are such a God of abundance and generosity and practicality. And you have 
you know, commanded us to love each other and to, but you, you make it fun and you make it practical. And Father, I pray that you'd help each of us to um, remember to, to do this and to think of ways that we can incorporate hospitality with each other and with our neighbors and um, into our lives, um, that we would reflect you, that you'd help us to be ready to meet the needs of those around us, that we would be enthusiastic to do that. And I just thank you, God, that this is already happening in in our community. And Lord, we, we ask that we would just grow to be more and more like you, to re- represent you well to the world, that we would be a church community that, that really makes your heart beam with pride, that we would fulfill those dreams in your heart for us to love each other the way that you dream of. And Lord, we know we can't get there on our own, but as we abide in you, Lord, that you will enable us to do the impossible. Amen.